Let's start. This is the 15th studio album by English singer-songwriter David Bowie. Released on 14th of April, 1983 by EMI Records uh, America. Uh, the murder of John Lennon in December of 1980 affected Bowie deeply. He cancelled upcoming tour to promote his previous album, Scary Monsters, and withdrew to his home in Switzerland, where he became a recluse and continued working. Uh, he had just left R- RCA Records due to dissatisfaction with, uh, with them, and he signed with EMI America in 1982. Bowie decided he wanted a fresh start and chose Nile Rodgers, of the rock disco band Chic to co-produce his next record. The album was recorded in December of 82 at the Power Station in New York City. The sessions featured entirely new personnel, including then-unknown Texas blues guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan on lead guitar. For the first time ever, Bowie played no instruments, solely contributing vocals. It contains three cover songs, Iggy Pop's China Girl, which Bowie co-wrote with uh, Pop for the Idiot album in 1977, uh, Metro's Criminal World, and a reworking of Cat People, Putting Out Fire, originally recorded by Bowie for uh, the movie of the same name. Let's Dance was released to massive commercial success, reaching number one in numerous countries and turned Bowie into a major superstar. It remains Bowie's best-selling album, sold about 11 million records worldwide. Despite the massive success of the album, Let's Dance began a period of low creativity for Bowie. He felt that he had to pander his music to his new acquired audience, which led to his follow-up album, Tonight, Never Let Me Down, being critically dismissed. He would later reflect poorly on that period uh, and and referred to it as his Phil Collins years. So, Brad, this is my album. Yes. Do you like it? You did You did choose this one. You always yeah. just throw it to me and you ask me if I like it or don't like it. I never get a chance to discuss the album before saying whether I like it or not. But, um, Brad, uh, how are you feeling? Well, I'm slightly chilly, but I've got the heater on, so I'll be okay. Uh, Brad, what I'm I surprised to hear... Feelings. My feeling is elation at, at talking about at being asked about my feelings. I'm happy about it. Uh, you know what I'm surprised about? I did not know, though I should have known upon listening to this album, that it was a young Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray Vaughan plays guitar in this. Uh, yeah. And like listening to it, I was like, fuck that blues guitar seems out of place. And now I know why. Because it was Stevie Ray Vaughan and he was should have been doing better things. This to me is both peak Bowie and the bottom end of Bowie. So it's Bowie and it's Bowie at the same time. That's how I feel about this album. I put it on and I went, I love Let's Dance. This, I remember this from my childhood. This is a banger of a song, right? And so I chucked the album on and the opening track, which is a catchy motherfucker by the name of Modern Love, right? Great track. Boom. Banger. Mm-hmm. Ch- China Girl. Blam. Double punch. Uppercut. And then boom. Knockout number three of Let's Dance. 
and then yep. a Sounds complete a complete rat ass of crap to finish it up, including the worst reworking of his own song ever with Cat People. What's wrong with Cat People? The original is brilliant. This reworking is a pile of cat turds. You should have just reworded it, cat turds, instead of cat people. Cat people putting out turds. What the hell are you talking about? Sounds fine. (laughs) No, compared to the film version, it's awful. Tell me what you think, because my opinion differs from yours. Oh my god, Brad! Like you just you just shit the bed every time with your opinion. <laughs> I just unless it's crap, you you hate it. Oh, um, you know we got critics here. We got critics. We got David Frick, Rolling Stone magazine called it mm. Bowie at his best. No, Jay Cox, Mister Cox described the album as unabashedly commercial, melodically alliterative. I don't know. And lyrically smart at the same time. You know what? I agree with both those statements for the first half of the album. I could not believe how badass and how excited I was about the first 15 minutes of this record. And then it just fell off a cliff to unmemorable, uncatchy 80s garbage. I got I got a bad review here. Ed Power of the Irish Examiner, an Irishman. An Irishman. He, he was fucking drunk. Potato. He wrote that Bowie pleaded shamelessly for the love of the mass market with this album. Mm. Uh, the title track was a decent chunk of funk rock, and Bowie did not embarrass himself on the single China Girl. Otherwise, the record has a great deal in common with Wham and Phil Collins. Yes, Phil Collins in there. It's definitely uh, 80s, right? Fuck. Give me that. Well, it was released in 1983. Well, you know what? Let's, let's hear your amazing opinion. Tell us your thoughts on Bowie's Modern Love. What, just the first song? Welcome to Two Cunts Argue about <laughs> Bowie's career. I don't want to hear your opinion. Shut up. <laughs> so I'm going to tell everyone the definitive review. This is what everyone needs to believe. There can be no questioning of my opinions. This is this is a dictatorship now. Um, so uh, let's talk about them. John Lennon died. It really shook up Bowie, and he became a recluse. And uh, EMI uh, apparently fell out with them because he felt like he was they were flogging his back catalogue. And uh, so he went to America and signed with American EMI Records. And um, his previous album was Scary Monsters. And if you haven't heard Scary Monsters, Scary Monsters is amazing. It's just a great record. What's, what's the hit song of Scary Monsters? Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Um, Never heard of either of them. Yeah, so the problem was that it was number one in UK and a number 105 in America and not really <laughs> known around the world. So when he went to America, he was like, I want a big hit album. Like he was an art rock guy that we all know, but at the time he wasn't moving the records people you would think he was moving, you know, like Space Oddity wasn't as big a hit as you thought it was, you know. It's well known now, but he wasn't making the well, money. 
What was Bowie known for in the 70s? It was Ziggy, right? Like it wasn't like yeah, a Starman like, and all that stuff, right? That's peak Bowie. He was British famous, but he wasn't American famous. You know? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's where he gets this Niles Rogers, who's um, Nile was like the disco king. He was like Donna Summers and hit disco records. And so he went to this guy and said, we, I want to make a hit record. And so they got to work on that. And he, he had something to prove. He was coming to America. He wanted to break into America and he, and he went like, let's make a pop album. And so Modern Love, I remember that coming on the radio. I seen the music video back in the day, RCR Countdown in New Zealand. That was such an awesome song. Like it's got such a great groove. Great chorus, call and response chorus. Uh, amazing. Um, China Girl, again, I think for me, one of the top five best songs ever written. Like, it's, it's an incredible song. It's, for me, China Girl's kind of like the epitome of songwriting. The lyrics, the music, everything, it's just a brilliant song. Let's Dance, again, just brilliant. Um, Cat People, number four, like brilliant, brilliant song. Love it. Um, the thing is, Wait, Cat People's not number four. What version of the album did you listen to? No, no. I mean, well, it's second to last song, but for me, those oh, are right. the top four okay. songs. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Those are okay. the yeah. blowout oh. songs. Like, they're All incredible. right. Okay, carry on. I'm with you. And I think the hugeness of those songs, when you get an okay song, it sounds flat compared to a pretty incredible song like China Girl and Modern Love, you know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. That's you, So you're saying exactly what I said about this album. So we're not just two cunts disagreeing. It's four incredible songs, and then you've got three good songs that I'm going to defend. That They're good songs. I think Criminal World's actually a really great song too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Without You and Sh- is... No, it's a good song. It passes the time. It's just not a great, great song. It's filler. It's filler. Um, Shake It is a pretty cheesy song by today's standards, but I just don't mind it. It's fine kind of a thing. Um, Ricochet is a, a complete horseshit song. Um, <laughs> that's total filler. And I got comments. I was reading from um, Bowie. He was talking about it, and he said, Ricochet? Um he said it came out wrong. It's basically the red-headed stepchild on the album. Uh, he said it was a good song, but um, like they recorded it and it just turned out crap, but they decided to stick it on the album anyway. Mm. What? Tell me, young Daniel, let's mm. dance, right? You remember that music video? It was like Bowie in Australia, right? And he's dancing around in some red shoes or whatever. I, I couldn't believe he was in Australia. That blew me away. Is it? I remember. Mm. There's Aboriginals everywhere. But what I want to talk about is not the video, but the length of the song on this album. Now, I love Let's Dance. I I think for me, you're going on about China Girl being the best song ever written in modern society. I think Let's Dance is a far superior song to China Girl. And but the single version. I found this version on the album. It's like the guy behind the desk 
like Bowie finishes his last chorus and then the guy like falls asleep on the loop button and it just keeps going. Like maybe you're supposed to be dancing for another four minutes, but the song should go for like three minutes and 57 seconds and then stop. This one goes for seven minutes, 37. It's like four minutes too long. It's too long. It's too long. Yeah, but they cut it half the TV. Like they cut it off at the solo, don't they, on the TV version? Yeah, that's it. Get in, fucking get to the point, and then get out of there, Bowie. You know, it's not like it's. This, I mean, this isn't no stairway, right? It doesn't need doesn't need to be seven and a half minutes long. He's talking about let's just dance. Let's put on our red shoes and dance the blues. Yeah, but you want to dance for seven minutes, don't you? Well, seven and a half minutes, apparently. Maybe that's the perfect time to reel in a big fish and get your hands on her hips or his hips. Uh, Great. I created dead air. Do you see what I did there, everybody? I have no point. I just thought Dad's been talking for so long. I need to get something in there, and that's all I had. Yeah, nothing in the tank, but you need to nah. flap the lips anyway. I'm an utter professional. <laughs> the, my, 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 my game. My, my small problem with um, Let's Dance music video is that Bowie's playing guitar with white gloves on. I just can't figure out how that works. How does and, it work? And the other thing is he's playing the guitar solo in the video when that's a Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar solo. I feel like he's taking a little bit of credit for someone else's amazing playing. Yeah. Uh, Did you feel like Stevie didn't fit on the album? Absolutely. Yeah. When I heard the blues licks, I was like, fuck, this sounds weird. I, I, I get it, but it just didn't sit right for me. And now I know why. I didn't know why because I didn't, I didn't do my research. But yeah, Stevie Ray, it makes a whole lot of sense. No one expects much of you, Brad. Don't worry about it. It was like he'd, it's like he'd made, Bowie had made and finished the album. And then the producer went, ah, this needs some blues guitar on it. So they just overdubbed it. It doesn't sound like he was there in the session. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I believe he turned up and nailed his parts in a couple of takes, he said. And uh, he would come in, play what he was planning to do, and Bowie would go, oh, can you work on this bit and that bit, change this a little? He would do that, and then he pretty much nailed it in a, in a, you know, in a day or two, and off he went. Did Stevie um, Ray play it with white gloves on? I reckon he did. Uh, uh, well, I doubt it, but I imagine he wore and a that's... hat with a feather in it and had <laughs> been drinking yes. bourbon all day. That's right. Um, that sounds so, sounds like him. So this was an undiscovered Stevie Ray Vaughan. It was Bowie that discovered Vaughan and, mm. and brought him in. Apparently Nile Rogers thought this guy's a bit average, but Bowie said, no, no, he's cool. Get him on the album. Um. So, so he played. Uh, Nile Rogers plays all the guitars except for those couple of solos that Stevie does. All um, oh, right. So Stevie and, again. Stevie's not really there. He's just doing solos and then fucking off, right? Yeah. He was asked. Mm. Bowie asked him to come on tour and play the parts on tour. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan wanted his band to open for Bowie, and because mm. he was bringing out his first album, 
uh, and and Bowie said, no, I, I don't want that at all. And Stevie said, well, fine, I'm not doing it then. And he didn't play on tour at all and just went off and did his own thing and became the legend Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. Yeah, he's got a few songs. <laughs> what is peak Bowie to you? This is a pretty damn good album, but um, I think Scary Monsters. So the one uh, before this. Yeah, like this is, um, what do you say? It's a lot of covers. It's, um, you know, reworkings of old songs and pretty much, you know, like I say, he, he was wanting to have a hit, so he was like, wasn't experimenting a lot, was he? Mm. He, he he played the safe game on this one and it, and it did work. And, but uh, back back in the early eighties, all you needed was two hit songs on an album, and then you sold the album. Like you know that that was what you did. If you have a couple of songs, and people are still going to you know dish out their ten bucks for the whole record. Well, he had four, and he became. David Bowie. I mean, he was David Bowie before, but now he's David Bowie. He's Bowie. Mm. Yeah. All right. Look, peak Bowie to me is always going to be fucking Labyrinth, dude. I know I know that sounds odd, but it's fucking Bowie. And I think Bowie, that's exactly where my mind goes. The giant cod piece, huge hair, dance, magic dance. Dance, magic dance. Yeah. That's so it. that's the period he was referring to as his Phil Collins years. <laughs> mm. Apparently, <laughs> he, um, he was always like, like now Niall Rogers said, he was like the art rock guy. And if he had a hit, that was just a you know coincidence. Um, mm. Whereas he was trying to make hits on this album. And then now he was, after this, he was trying to chase the hits and doing commercial shit, and he got a bit lost and just didn't know good from bad. He's like, I don't know what a good pop song is. This stuff's all shit. Um, yeah. It took him a few years to go weird again and start being really cool. Like, um, when did, outside, when did Ashes, super weird. When did, when did Ashes to Ashes come out? Was that before this? Yeah, it must have been. No. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah, ballpark. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got Starman, Space Bowie, then Labyrinth Bowie, then Weird 90s, Different Coloured Eyes Bowie, and then in the 2000s it was, there was no Bowie, and then he died. There was, there was lots of Bowie. A million albums. Yeah. He did that um, album before he died, Black Star. Yeah. Which, um, because he died, you know, the critics all called the most amazing things in the world. I, I had a little uh-huh. re-listen to it the other day. Still think it's shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's some of it's, I don't know. But um, what was interesting about Bowie is that he would get incredible musicians together and he said he would, he would write a song, give it to them and hear them play it and go, oh, that's really interesting the way he's playing it. Like, that's, that's really surprising. And then after an album or two with these people, he would give them a piece of music and he would think, oh, I thought they would do that. Like he, he, that guitar player only has got so many tricks in his bag. And so he would dump the whole band, start a brand new band. When he gave the music, he wanted to be surprised again, you know? Mm. Um, 
and 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 so this is an album where everyone's been dumped even he's been dumped off um playing an instrument and i just find it he's one of the, he's he's you gotta say he's like one of the most incredible artists of our time like when he died that hurt you know he's he's one of the guys when they die you're like oh fuck not bowie yeah the world and, was a, the world's a little bit less strange without bowie oh because uh, it's strange but then again he changed modern culture to his way of doing things too you know and um, we don't have many people like him yeah, yeah. but the way he did it was just constant reinvention and uh, taking so many chances and risk he was also a businessman like he was the first guy to sell his back catalogue in advance so he got like 700 million or something back in the day I think he, I read yeah he was a smart guy and you watch interviews with him he's so well spoken and intelligent and oh, yeah can't say anything I, bad about Bowie I can drop this I'm, I don't know whether you knew this or not I saw Bowie live back in 2000 at uh, Glastonbury and for you know, one guy to come out on, you know, the massive stage there and they have, fuck, I don't know, 100,000 people plus there in the audience and just one guy and just instantly the stage presence was, holy fuck, we're in the presence of genius, you know, like whether you go album by album or whether you've just picked up Bowie's greatest hits, you know, he's definitely affected the the musical Timeline, you know, like he's got songs from the the 60s through to, you know, the 90s. I can't think of any hits in the 2000s, but it's just hit after hit after hit. The dude can write a fucking song. Certainly can. Um, uh, Interesting thing. uh, The song Criminal World is a cover. Um, The band that originally did it. God, do I have it here? Whatever. There was a band that originally did it. The song got banned on the radio and stuff because it uh, has a lot of, it doesn't say anything overtly, but it's about bisexuality. And there's mm. lyrics about kneeling at your boyfriend's door and things like that. It's and, about um, trust, Gary. Yeah. So Bowie, um, he covered the song. He changed the lyrics in the second verse and stuff to be about girls. He says, mm. yeah, he's, he kind of changed simple changes like kneeling at your girlfriend's door instead of at your yeah. girlfriend's door. I and, think um, we should cancel Bowie because of that. He's just he's not accepting of different cultures. How do you, Bowie? Well, apparently, when he was younger, he said that he was bisexual to a reporter. Mm-hmm. And later on, he regretted it. Because he said, well, I was just young and I was experimenting and I'm kind of over that now. So, um, but he was a progressive person. Like apparently back in the day, he used to greet audiences with hello, ladies, gentlemen, and others. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Bowie had it. I'm sure he had a dick or two in his mouth and it's acceptable in today's culture. Uh, because did you know of Bowie. that he, he, he rooted Mick Jagger? Did he? Mm. It sounds like a rumour. But, hey, yeah. uh, if you're out there, ladies and gentlemen, and you want to see the greatest music video of all time, um, Dancing in the Street, David Bowie, 
and Mick Jagger. They may or may not have apparently fucked while making that music video, um, but it's 80s genius. I like the picture Bowie on top, mm. Keith Richards in the corner crying, and Bowie sure. pointing at him. Watch it. I'd watch it. Watch it. I'd prefer I want to, you to think, look at this, uh, Keith. I'm just, I'm just going from, you know, I'm just, I'm crunching the numbers here, but I'm looking at Mick and I'm looking at those world famous Mick Jagger lips, and you know what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just a display of dominance to me. Um, mm. Pretty great. Pretty great. Mastered, so mastered by Bob Ludwig, who, because we haven't said their name yet this episode, um, he also mastered Metallica's albums, didn't he? Bob Ludwig. Rings a bell. It's an amazing sounding album. Oh, apart from the tacked on sweet blues guitars that shouldn't be there in the 80s synth nightmare. They sound great. Yeah. It's a mixing of genres. It's like a little bit of disco guitar and funky bass and and blues guitar and Bowie's soaring vocals. He is in he is in fine singing form. I'll give you that. Like he's he's definitely found his voice at this point. Um, but again, this seems like this almost looks like an extended EP to me. Song, you know, I'll give him the I'll give him, let's give him four songs out of the what do we got? Only eight fucking short album too. Thirty nine minutes. Eight songs, and then he's fucking out of there. And one of them, seven and a half goddamn minutes. Try harder. Well, 39 minutes is pretty average. It's just, it's kind of funny thinking it's only eight songs. Usually it's 10 songs in 40 minutes. That's just insanely short. Insanely short. Yeah, it gets um, in, gets out, no problems. I, I listen no, to it over and over again. Like, yeah, but you, I guarantee you, you fucking phased out when it got past those banging singles and then drifted off into turd land. Like um, Modern Love, Trying to Girl, Let's Dance, solid. Like if you were putting that out as an EP and this is like your debut album, whoa, look at this, this band or this guy is killing it and then just filler all the way to the end. It's Every like you band- started off real hard and then just went, fuck it. Every record you pick has got two okay songs, eight shitty songs, and you give it eight stars every time. Essentially, the way this works is you pick one, I hate on it. I pick one, you fucking hate on it. It's this the, the way this goes. You should know this by hate- now. We're, we're, we're many episodes in. That is and a then, falsehood. And then you're just going to say, no, no, I love, I love it all. I'm so positive. I've been pretty. And I say, fuck you. I've been positive on all your albums. Like I've been a lot nicer about your albums than you've been in, about mine. And even and you even admit they're crap. I'm a <laughs> you cunt. still give them eight stars. There's no logical consistency to anything you say. I just hey, you want to do a podcast with me? This this is what happens. You I talk me. shit with you for half an hour, <laughs> and then I mean, I've just talked about Mick Jagger blowing Bowie. I never thought I'd do that. 
If he asked, you would, though, wouldn't you? If who asked? If Mick Jagger asked me to watch him Bowie. blow David Bowie while I'm in the corner with Keith. No, no. You're blowing Bowie and Keith's watching in the corner. Oh, would I blow Bowie? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's debatable. I can't believe you thought about it. Oh, my God. You're a married man. <laughs> I would have Where's, said no which, instantly, Brad. <laughs> it's David standards. Bowie. Yeah, that's a that's a claim to fame when you go to a party. I had a David story. Bowie's man chowder in my mouth. Yeah, this is not safe for work. Okay. Um. So skippability for you. I'm listening to three songs, then I'm turning it off. You're not even getting to cat people? No, fuck no. Again, so the original that was in the film, boom, 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 and then was used again to wonderful effect in Quentin Tarantino's uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's the version. That's the bangers. Rocking with gasoline. And he's in it. This one sucked hard. And all the way through listening to it, I was just like, why? Why would you do this to yourself? What's the point? Why fill the album with it? Why record it again? It was to have another massive hit. <laughs> it was this wasn't the hit though. The movie version was the hit. This one was just some shitty cover. Uh, anything else? Yes. You're skipping. Uh, you, you, you're listening to th- the first three and skipping yeah, the rest of the album. That that's correct. So I'm skipping. But then, so the skippability is quite low because there's fuck all songs on the album because it's so goddamn short and one of them seven and a half minutes. But yes, I am listening to three and skipping. Uh, do my maths. Five of them. Mm. Mm, well, uh, for me, for me. Yeah. Uh, I got Modern Love, China Girl, Let's Dance, uh, Cat People, and I kind of stretch it to Criminal World too, being epic. Uh, the rest is okay, except Ricochet. You can skip that one. But yeah, it's pretty crap. So I, I'm giving it one skipper out of seven. Mm. Yeah. All right, look, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm deep, I'm doing my, uh, investigations here and Bowie was unhappy with the backing track for the original Cat People so he told old Niall that he wanted to remake it mm-hmm. All right. apparently he was he was really bothered with how it came out and wanted okay. to re-record it Bowie knows best I suppose I think it's a great version but I think you get you get adjusted to what you've heard and then you're like oh, of course you know, like with of the course. dance music yeah. it's like when you hear a live version of a song first you know the first time i heard lithium by nirvana was a live version i was like that's fucking great and yeah this is how it goes you know aggressive and raw and then when i heard the the version on nevermind i was like oh this is a bit tamed that's right and cat people was apparently nominated for best rock vocal performance male but uh, he didn't win it. He lost it to Michael Jackson's Beat It. Understandable. I don't know. I'd go cat people. No. 
With gasoline. Oh yeah. The man's no, got a voice. This version. Oh, he does. But it's it's a Bowie voice, you know? Like if he was on um if Bowie went on, what's that fucking show where they spin the seats around? The voice. I don't know if anybody had spin for Bowie. He's he's very it's unique. Yeah, they I don't know. Those programs, they go for squeaky clean, perfect voices. Mm. And then you think about all the legends. They're not squeaky clean and perfect. Like they're distinct and they're a bit off, and you recognize them straight away. Yeah. Uh, the ones that one tend to be a bit generic to me. I'm like, yeah. never remember them. That's it. Um, they wouldn't turn, they wouldn't turn for Bowie. They wouldn't turn for Bob Dylan. They wouldn't turn for, I probably wouldn't Tom turn Petty. for Kurt. No, Tom Petty. For Tom Petty. All Fuck, the best things. Let's singers. do a Tom Petty album. I'd love to do a Tom Petty, yeah. That was another one that hurt. Wow, Tom Petty. Cats Meows? Oh, fuck. I'm... I'm uh, uh, out of 10. Those three, those three songs are good. I'm going to give it a... Oh, only because those three songs are good. Classic Bowie, I'll give it a six and a half out of 10. That's out of the power of those three songs. Continue. Uh, for me, out of 10, I'm going to give it eight and a half cat's meows and a vomit on the kitchen tiles. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not this, too this, far apart. We're, we're enjoying it. When my little cat, Elvis, he vomits on the tiles, uh, I, I pat him on the head and say, good boy. He didn't get it on the carpet. Very good boy. So it's not a complete disaster. You can just skip Ricochet. It's a great album. And, and you'll live with Shake It. It's a fun song. I I would recommend just not listening to this album and just getting like a really good David Bowie greatest hits because then you'll get the three good songs off this album and the rest can just fuck right off. It's <sighs> a Spotify <laughs> world, Brad. I mean, everything's free. What are oh, you, yeah, sorry. disposable. Yeah. Go out and go to a record store, leave your house. And drive somewhere and buy petrol and go to a store that some poor cunt is paying rent on and flip through cardboard sleeves and find the $50 vinyl double album of Bowie's greatest hits and purchase that and then go to a fucking another store and buy an actual record player and put that on and find out the needle's broken and then you gotta buy another one to replace it and then you can listen to music like we used to. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to one earbud in your ear and the other earbud in your friend's ear. Yeah, on a bus. On a bus. Yeah, ten and million you've songs got... you can access to immediately, and you skip every Instantly. single one of them after five seconds. Ah, oh, I've got that. Yeah. No, no, if, no. If it if it doesn't catch you in seven seconds, yeah, you're skipping. You're on the next one. Uh, Rolling Stones. Uh, and I listened to three seconds of them. Oh uh, God! This is, sounds like makes smells like my dad. Smells like oh, fucking, I don't know. I'm losing it. What's what smells like your dad? The Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we just end it old, there, shall we? <laughs> like old people in regret. 
Yes, if we're at 30 minutes, let's end it there. Yeah, smelling like Mick Jagger after a hard session. and After with Bowie's fucking meat sausage. Drizzled, drizzled. All right, okay, we're done. (laughs) That was horrible. Thanks for listening to Pointless and Confused. We believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you want. We have no idea how it works. We need cash. Yeah, for whores. And Vegemite. Yeah. Good day. No, I've got to tell them the other thing. Oh, what was the other thing? Subscription. Um, Oh, look, you could... You could subscribe if you want to, if you want to hear the sound of our sweet, sweet voices in your ear. Whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, we're not sure how you do that either, but you'll figure it uh, out. Well, we're new to this. Come on, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>